You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 81. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you back, my friends. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Just uh, stepping in to new. One of the things that I always marvel about when it comes to the new year is that it seems that societies at large have placed an inordinate amount of importance on the passing of one year to the next. When it's not even really the passing of a season, because that would have happened at the solstice that happened at like December 22nd. The ancients would have celebrated the passing of each season as a new beginning and an ending of one area in moving into another. Businesses, you know, we break our years up into quarters. Your first quarter, second, third, fourth, you know, colleges, high schools, you know, education in general breaks everything up based on semesters. How you decide how to organize your life and organize your growth and development is largely dependent upon what institution you are a member of at that point in time. When you're in college, you seem to naturally break things up based upon semesters because that becomes the driving force in moving your education along. When you get out into the real world, if you get a corporate America gig, you might very well find yourself constantly seeking to increase sales or increase growth each quarter. For a major part of society, we don't really have to follow any of those. Being an entrepreneur, a speaker, a trainer, a coach, I don't really have any primary system that's being forced upon me. With the college show, I do break it up based upon where I think you're at and what I've researched and where you've talked to me about where you're at in your semesters and what's going on, right? Like I know when finals are coming and things of that nature, but that's just the podcast. I don't have to necessarily break up my days or my weeks or my months or my quarters or years in any particular order. And I bring this to you because society puts a ton of weight, especially Western civilizations, on this passing of the new year. Like, got to go out and throw, have a big party, and there's fireworks, and the next day, you know, there's uh, rest and recuperation, or there's watching bowl games, or there's eating a bunch of yummy food, and just celebrating the new year, and the passing of one year to the next, based on uh, a calendar that man created, is is great and all. But as far as celestial, and you know, every the way that the planet moves around, the planet just moved another one hundred. One in 365th degrees around the sun. (laughs) We don't really see any massive change to what's going on around us until spring starts to take hold. So where have you put a lot of weight on the changes that you desire to make with yourself 
where have you put a lot of weight about the changes you desire to make for yourself on the passing of the new year? What is it with New Year's resolutions and this, this like defiant? It's almost like in a, like this defiance that we we either have for them or or are against them or or it's a support for them. Oh, I love New Year's resolutions. I make one every single year. I have a I have a manager for my old hotel job who you know quit smoking cigarettes on on the first like four years ago. Then he gave up Dr. Pepper's uh, the next year on New Year's Day, and then he gave up cookies. And like he just systematically just keeps chipping away at the things that he doesn't want to have in his life anymore. And he makes them all happen on January first, and it's been successful and it works for him. I know other people say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to start on the first and I'm going to get a gym membership and come March, they've actually gained five pounds. Now they're paying $50 to a gym membership that they never use. And they've got $200 of the new gym clothes in their drawer that they won't wear. I bring all of this to you to impress upon you that you can decide to make a change any day you decide you want to make a change. The, the date doesn't matter. And in fact, the importance of whatever day you choose will grow in your life the longer you stick with that decision you made on that particular day. You could go out on a first date or start a new job and have no idea that that person's the love of your life or that that's a career that you will be in for the next 30 years. But the longer you're in that career or in that relationship, the more important that first day will become. You can choose your wedding anniversary day, but you don't get to choose the importance of that first date. The job just tells you when to show up for the first day. You don't realize that you're going to be there for 20 years and all of a sudden the 7th or the 13th becomes the most important day to be to remember for that job. You can just choose to make a massive change in your life and you can do it on the 4th or the 23rd and that just becomes the day. Looking back at it, when I decided to get sober on January 13th of 2017, right? I mean, like, never been a big fan of the number 13. In fact, it's, you know, got bad luck connotations that surround it in this country. I'm not sure about the rest, but certainly, you know, 13 is an unlucky number. You know, skyscrapers don't have a floor 13. You know, Friday the 13th is bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> the irony is, is I'm pretty sure that that, 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 that 13th was a Friday. If I were to be able to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back and quickly get to 2017. Oh, I think I can. Yep. January 13th of 2017 was a Friday. <laughs> so how cool is that? I got sober on, on, I got sober on a uh, Friday the 13th. You can choose to make any massive change in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how success, the formula that I have for success and how you can begin to implement it into your life and apply it right now today. The formula I have for success is that success equals mindset plus understanding plus strategy. And why I'm tying this in with the new years is that because a lot of people are looking to make 
decisions around the first of the year that will bring them success later on in the year. Right. I mean, if you've heard any of the, you know, the self-help, the, the, the personal growth kind of manifestos is that you must step into the version of yourself that already exists a year from now. When you have achieved that success, you must take that energy in and you must bring it back and you must apply it to yourself now. Right. It's sort of the, you know, the, I guess, fake it till you make it or, you know, be the, you know, you want to be the boss, get to start acting like the boss now, that kind of mentality. And that's great. And I, you know, I absolutely can subscribe to certain aspects of that, that belief system. Overall, when we start to look at success, though, we, we want to be thinking about how our mindset plus our understanding plus our strategy brings about the success. When people start to say, picture yourself a year from now as a college graduate, or picture yourself six months from now as someone who got an A in that really tough biology class, they're, they're, they're looking for you to, to start seeking a different mindset than the one you have now. See, throughout a lot of these four years that I've been in sobriety and recovery, and that I've been a, a speaker, a trainer, and a coach, because it was really the sobriety that sparked all of this in me, even though I had already... I took public speaking classes and psychology classes and, and I mean, I was a journalism major. So I took tons of stuff on marketing and advertising and writing and photography. It's, I really came out of college with a very well-rounded background to do a ton of things, not be a doctor or a CPA, but (laughs) anything in sort of this, these meta fields that I'm in now. And when I think about how I've approached speaking and training and coaching over the last four years. I generally spend a lot of time on strategy, a lot of time on understanding. And while I talk about mindset, it's not often something that we really start to ask ourselves how we can change. You change your mindset when you begin to take the small incremental steps that give you proof that you are making positive changes in your life. Now, in NLP, which I talk about a ton on here because you know, I'm a trainer and a, and a master practitioner of it, and it's, it's the foundation of everything that I do, in neurolinguistic programming, there are processes where we can go in and we can change your mindset around things, and it can happen extremely quickly, 5, 10, 15 minutes in most cases. But that stuff can be done in, in a group setting where I've got feedback and I can actually like see people on Zoom or I can be in a room with them. It's even more, more powerful whenever it's a one-on-one situation. There can actually be like a very uh, strong rapport and connection built between me and, and the client, the person in front of me. Being able to do that in a passive form like a podcast is difficult because I can't see you. I can't uh, figure out where you're at. I can't be like, close your eyes. And imagine yourself stepping into the best version of yourself. And next thing you know, you're driving your car and you're like, I can't close my eyes right now. Right? So I can't know where everyone is. So a lot of podcasts in general, let alone mine, speak a lot about strategy and understanding. When they do touch upon mindset, it can also often be very brief or with simple statements like just change your mindset, just look at things positively, just imagine yourself in that job, just imagine yourself as a success. Well, we don't have a problem imagining shit in our lives. The imagining part's not difficult. 
We can daydream the hell out of something. It doesn't make it a reality. Right? We all have this ability to see a different self. It doesn't. I daydream all the time. It doesn't mean that I just snap my fingers, open up my eyes, and all of a sudden my life is different. How you begin to change your mindset. And yes, like I said before, NLP can do great wonders on getting you to go back over things that happened to you in your past and have you see them in a different more productive way so that you can take the lesson from it and you can actually apply it to your life now and begin to take very quick changes. There's a lot of self-help books that have an underlying NLP. You can I can open them up and immediately tell that the, the person who wrote it is an NLP person because of the words they use. But where you can start to... St- make changes to yourself now. And now look, I, I pepper these podcasts with NLP up and down the river. There's a reason why I'm so repetitive. It's within that repetition that be- things begin to rewire in your brain. It's why advertisements, even no matter how passive they might seem to you, are actually quite effective. Because the more that Kia has their name of their car on the ball drop in New York City, or the more you see a Domino's commercial during a football game, or the more you see a Tide commercial during your favorite reality show on E, the more you see these things, right? They're, 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 whether the commercial makes you run out and buy them right away, that's not their intent. Their intent is for you to walk down the aisle and feel a compulsive pull toward their product at an unconscious level. We're looking for that unconscious pull toward our new life. We're looking for an unconscious pull toward a better way of behaving, of thinking, of feeling, of acting, because that'll bring out our best results. In high school and college, the, the, the fear of being kicked out of the tribe, the fear that we won't be socially accepted, right? This connection, it's a fundamental aspect where we desire to belong to the need to belong to a particular social group, to feel accepted. When we're rejected, right, when we feel invisible or we, or we, feel, we feel kicked out, we feel excluded, right? Studies have shown that the pain from social re- rejection is indistinguishable from, fi- from physical pain. It can bring about poor sleep, depression, the whole deal. Right? When we talk about self-esteem, which is confident in our own abilities, having self-respect for ourselves, it's not the same as self-regard, which is uh, which when self-regard, when used inappropriately, comes off as egocentric, egotistical, and narcissistic. You definitely know those people who go around being like, I'm the best, you suck. That's egotistical, narcissistic, and egocentric. When somebody walks around going, I'm damn good at blank, without the comparison when they're just saying, I am really good at this, which again is subjective, and I could get into a whole bunch more about that, but let's just stick to the topic at hand, that when somebody, when you go around saying, I'm good at math, that is just a high self-esteem for your ability at math. If you go around telling people that you're good at math and they suck at math and you're better than them at math, that's when it becomes egocentric. When we step into this success formula, where it's mindset, understanding, and strategy. You begin to change your mindset around yourself. You begin to change your mindset that you have around money or education or your grades or your clothes or the kind of car you drive. You begin to make positive steps 
towards a positive transformation about how you see yourself, you begin to make these small, which is, can be a very difficult thing for our society, which has been for quite some time. This is not brand new, been a very, um, been a very, give it to me now, right? We have no patience for anything. The, the, uh, there's actually a term that I can't seem to pull out of my head right now, um, where it's like instant gratification. We're an instant gratification society, right? We lack impulse control. Lacking impulse control, instant gratification. These are things that cause the entire world harm, let alone ourselves. When you want to go make small changes in your life and you think, no, it needs to be faster. I don't want to take three months to lose five pounds. I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Well, there's a reason why that, that weight always comes back because making a drastic change to yourself that quickly, the body doesn't have a chance to reset the frame. It doesn't have a chance to recalibrate its caloric desires and needs. The microbiomes in your belly that have been feeding off all of the bad food generally take two to four weeks to die off. So even 30 days later, you're still craving sugar, whereas if you'd have done it slower over the course of time, the changes would have been much more effective and you would have been able to not be a yo-yo crash dieter. Changes that are of the utmost importance that will bring you the greatest benefit are the ones that will take the most time to occur, that will take the most times to see to fruition. If we could all just show up, take cram for a an hour for a test, take it, pass it, and then we get a college degree, there would be no weight or importance put upon a college degree. It is the discipline that we have to step into in order to sacrifice for four years to make that degree happen in our lives that prove to the rest of the world that we're the kind of person that can be trusted with important decisions because we've already shown that we have the discipline and the drive to see things that take a long time to finish through. That's really what the degree says. At 44 years old, I can promise you, nobody is asking me where I graduated college. Now, I'm very proud of UF, and I talk about it enough that people certainly know that I went there and graduated from there. But at this point in life, it's no one really gives a damn where you went to school. At 24, they might care. But again, how the abilities I think someone has at being successful, have absolutely nothing to do with what university they went to. You could go to Phoenix Online, or you can go to Harvard. And it, that, that person at Harvard, does, that does not tell me that you are going to have more success than the person who went to Phoenix Online. The Harvard person would argue the other way, but again, I'm not looking for disagreement or agreement here. I'm seeking to understand why that person would think that. Studies have been shown that IQ and EQ, that the person with a higher emotional intelligence will have more success in life than the person with a higher intelligence quotient. Just because you have a higher IQ does not mean that you will naturally be more successful if you're emotionally immature. So when you're looking to change your mindset 
and change your behaviors around your emotional maturity, around your mental acuity, around your thoughts and feelings around money or love or relationships or your nutrition or your physical body, the incremental changes, the small, simple steps that you take every day will be the ones that not only stick, but they will be the ones that bring out the most drastic, positive influence to the change you seek in your life. I will finish this podcast, I will edit it up, and then I will go up to my loft in my apartment and I will work out some weights. I haven't been able to go to a gym in nine months. I live in California. That may not come back who knows how long. I'm basically looking at working out in my apartment for who knows, at least the next three to six months. I can't lift the heavy weights that I used to, but I can go up there I can, because I've only got 50 pound dumbbells, I can lift those up, you know, 25 times, rest for 30 seconds, do it 25 more, rest for 30, just keep doing that till there's a fatigue, till there's a change. I, I start to feel that the muscles are, are tearing and then boom, I've, I've done positive growth towards my working out. Can't be like it was, but I can have an open growth mindset about making something now. I can't literally not work out. I've definitely left the weights alone for the Christmas holiday, and it's time that I start to burn off some of this weight. You might see those areas in yourself too. Or you might want to start studying more. Or you might want to start drinking less. Who knows? You want to have more intimate conversations with your partner. You want to have deeper conversations with your parents and connect with them as this new version of yourself who's taking on more adult responsibilities. And feels compelled to be in charge of their own life and their own decisions more. Whatever you decide, you have to step into that, that courage. You have to cultivate that courage within you to begin to make those changes slowly. One conversation does not change the entire course of the relationship. But small, I mean, they can be three-hour long conversations, but, the, but it's, it's, it's not the length but it's the quality and it's the consistency. It's the discipline of making sure you prioritize that as frequently as you think you need to in order for it to take on the importance and grow in the manner that you desire it to. We all have the ability to make changes in our lives. We've already done it. Oftentimes it can be very passive. Right? We were getting bad grades. We were told we weren't going to get to go to college. We had a fear of being a failure in life, so we started to study a little bit more. A year later, all of a sudden, all of our C's are A's. Maybe you were playing sports and you hurt your knee in high school, and next thing you know, you couldn't play uh, softball. And so all of a sudden, you discovered swimming, and you made that change because you wanted to stay athletic, and you still wanted that camaraderie of a team sport. And even though swimming is a bit of an individual sport, you're still all in that pool suffering together. Trust me, I did it. And next thing you know, you're amazing at swimming. Some of the changes we, we take on uh, because we're forced to, and other ones we just we don't even realize that the decision we just made is going to drastically alter the direction of our life. I've got a friend in Indiana who puts her kids in all these different sports. And they might think, oh, yeah, I'm just playing volleyball. or Oh, yeah, I'm just playing baseball. Oh, yeah, it's soccer season. I'm going to go do this for the next two months. But they're teaching themselves a level of discipline to practice and to push themselves and to compete and to be a good sport and to know how to play well with others. These are practical skills that will pay dividends, but you can't learn them all in one day. 
As a child, we just go through life blindly living, right? We get up, we go to school, we get fed, we come home, we play sports, we get told to clean our rooms, we fight about it, we stared at devices, and then we went to bed and we did it all over the ne- again the next day. Not realizing that all of those days strung together into years and into decades ultimately became the foundation of our entire life, of the habits that we follow now, of the mindset that we have now, of how we understand the world around us the routines and our habits and the strategies we use to accomplish things. Conversely, the routines and the habits and the strategies that get in the way of us accomplishing things. If you really enjoyed the aspect of this podcast that talks about the neuro-linguistic programming part, I'm running an introductory program to NLP starting February 1st. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I've put a ton of effort into this. There's going to be video modules and audio modules uh, and like a PDF of the material so that you can take it in however you decide. And then there's going to be a, um, a Q&A laser coaching class, whether it's once a week or whether it's once every two weeks. I haven't figured it out. It's going to be super affordable. It's just an awesome opportunity to introduce people to NLP. And I'm putting it together specifically because I know when I have met people in their 18 to 30 region who've learned NLP, the way that it changes your brain, the way that it rewires the way that you think is absolutely phenomenal. If you have ever thought, man, I love the way he talks about this stuff, but I'd really like to be more involved in it. You know, I've, I've gone to Udemy or I've gone to Coursera or I've gone to any of these online places. And yeah, I paid $10 for this class or, you know, been, I, I listened to like five or six of the videos and then life took over. I'm offering you an opportunity to begin to learn this stuff closely with my guidance. And if it's something that you're really drawn to after this introductory course, which will either be a month or two, still ironing all of this out, but it's time to discuss it with you. If you're still into it, then I'll actually be offering a a uh, practitioner's course where you can learn this stuff in a way where you could actually go home and begin to to apply it to yourself and do it with yourself. And if you put a, a good amount of effort into it, you'll be able to you know talk with your friends and your family members, and you'll be able to do this stuff with them. Somebody eats too many Oreo cookies, you can literally do a process where they stop wanting to eat Oreo cookies, right? Where they see an Oreo cookie and they're like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Whereas before they would devour half the bag. You hit, you hit the snooze alarm six times in the morning. There's a process that will make the excitement when that alarm first goes off in the morning feel like you're getting ready to ride a roller coaster and you will never hit snooze again. You have deep-seated emotional anchors around a certain song or around a certain kind of food that isn't benefiting your life anymore, we can, re- we can remove that anchor. We could actually replace it with a positive anchor if that's what you desire. We all know what anchors are. Your, your, your parents ever grab you by the ear or grab you by the arm and they were mad at you to pull you out of a store? So anytime somebody squeezes you around that area, do you ever feel like a negative energy just vibrate through your body? That's because that particular part of your body has an anchor set to it. Do you ever hear a song from an old lover, an old flame, that immediately causes you to be sad or go back to a memory that you had of them a long time ago, listening to 
I've got one around the song Wonderful Tonight by Eric Clapton. It's a really great memory of my high school sweetheart and I dancing at prom. Can go back to that moment, picture her in her red dress, red lipstick. It's like I'm there again. Those are the anchors that we are we are unwittingly placing in our lives. NLP can let you remove or change that anchor so that it benefits you more. If the anchor you have about your prom is of a horrible night, we can go in there and we can make you look at it differently so you can see a positive in it. It's fantastic. And if you've ever thought of all the times I've brought up NLP, that man, I wonder what this could really do. It can drastically change your mindset. Mindset plus understanding plus strategy. The brilliance of NLP is that it brings all three to the table. A lot of personal growth and self-esteem and and books that you read, a lot of the speakers you'll go get, they'll talk to you about strategy out the ass. That's what I, that's how I used to coach. Right? But then I noticed that my clients seemed to want to bonk heads with me, seemed to want to deflect what I was offering. Then I realized it's because their mindset was I already know how to do this. I came to you for you to make my life better. I can't make their life better. They have to make their life better. They have to realize they're in control. You must realize you're in control. I can arrive and begin to show you the the simple steps you can make to change your mindset. We can discuss how to better understand the things that are going on around you. And we can definitely discuss strategy. But that's the problem we have in this world. Everybody's got a a different strategy. And if you keep jumping from strategy to strategy to strategy, then you won't accomplish what you really want to. Because you can't keep changing game plans. You can have a plan. Plans are great, right? You want you, that, that planning part is priceless. The plans, you have to be flexible. Right? We talked about this in the book. You have to exercise flexibility in any plan that comes about. And you do this with a growth mindset. You do this by understanding how your brain works, how you sense the world around you, how you experience the world around you, how the language you use, not only internally when you talk to yourself, but also externally when you communicate with others, how that creates your reality. I'll close on this. Where this society is super screwed is the way that we teach our children how to learn, how we teach them how to feel, how we teach them how to communicate. Every time a little boy is told that, that real men don't cry, real men don't show their emotions. Every time a, a young girl is, is told that, you know, you got to be pretty and you got to put on makeup and you got to be pleasing to the eye. We're robbing that child of a real sense of emotional intelligence about what it is to be human. We don't live in the 1800s. Hell, we don't even live in 1945 or 1952 anymore. There is too much information around us to continue acting like we don't know better. Mindset and emotional intelligence and a focus upon those two things will make changes to the world that will literally change everything. In, in middle school, in high school, in college, so oftentimes the youth, you know, it's sort of like, you know, thank God the bullying is starting to be curbed to a certain extent. But there's a lot of people with horrible trauma that comes from bullying. If you're someone who bullies, if you're somebody who thinks it's funny to go on Instagram or one of the social media platforms and tear up on somebody, I would just ask, 
for you to step out of yourself and say, what is going on inside of me that has put me in an energetic area where I think attacking somebody else is a good idea? I already come off as one of those people who will tell you right now, do not make fun of the way someone was born. If it, whether it's their race, it's their face, it's their hair. I mean, you can't control how you were born. Somebody wearing to wear a loud, ridiculous outfit, okay. I might be like, dude, that's a hilarious shirt. But still, why be punking on people? When you're doing that, what you're telling me is that you don't feel comfortable in your own social circle. You don't feel like you're accepted without knocking on someone else. As long as everybody else is picking on that person, no one's picking on you. I remember that in high school. I, I remember getting picked on a lot by people in a particular clique who probably were being picked on by the clique until all of a sudden they began to pick on me. And then I became the center of everybody's disdain for doing nothing more than just being smiley, happy, friendly. Yeah, I, I had long hair and I brushed it in the hallways. I was just being me. I had a pretty girlfriend, still got called gay. I was in the show choir, you know, that, that, what do they call that glee now? People still punked on me. Whatever, man. I was having a good time. Let's flip mindsets. The brilliance of the college age and younger, you know, that my audience, all of you, is that you have the benefit of not being seen as some old fuddy-duddy who's just trying to tell people how to do their business. I get a lot of positivity from people who listen to this podcast. Equally, yeah, I get it. There's a bunch of 18 to 25-year-olds out there who's like, whatever, this dude, fucking 44-year-old, whatever, Bo, right? But you still listen, and that's super dope. But the cool thing to think about is that you literally could go back to college and you could begin mentoring people. You could go back to middle school and you could give presentations and speeches on why you should be treating people better or nicer. You can go back there and you could help. And you wouldn't be seen as an old fuddy-duddy. You'd be seen as that cool kid who came back from college to give that kick-ass speech. The power for you to make change is just as is just as influential and just as there as the power I have to, to create change to my listeners and to my audiences and with my clients. If NLP is something that you would like to know more about, then by all means, do that. Over at my Jesse Mogul profile on Instagram, there is a link where you can go in there and you can fill out a quick little questionnaire and that'll send me that'll go over to my email. And then I will be able to know more about what it is you desire to learn. I'll reach out. We can have a quick little clarity call, 30 minutes. Right? Now, if all of a sudden I get hundreds of responses, well, I have to change that whole 30-minute phone call thing. We'll see. <laughs> But generally, I notice that most people say they want to make change, but they only want to do it passively. They, 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 they aren't prepared to actively be involved in the change. If you would like to be more active in the growing, if you want to nurture it so that you can direct your, the way your plant grows in the sunlight, let's step into that world together. Write this down. Success equals mindset plus understanding plus strategy. And when you start to notice an area in your life that seems to not be working out the way that you would like it to be working out, look at this formula and ask yourself, is it mindset, is it understanding, or is it strategy? Figure out which one of those three 
is the presenting problem with the issue at hand, and then work on that part. If you are not able to write a paper, is it your mindset around the paper? Is it your understanding of what you should be writing about? Or is it the strategy you should take to write the paper? If it's asking somebody out that you like, is it the mindset that you might get rejected? Is it the understanding of of of, of how love works and, and, and understanding how you interact with other humans? Or is it a strategy? You ask them out, and then what's the date going to look like? It's pretty easy to figure out whether it's mindset, understanding, or strategy. And I know for those of you who listen to this from the archives and you think there is no way in hell I'm going to listen to this nine months. I'm putting this out on January 5th or 4th of 20, 2021. And you'll be, you might be listening to it and you might be like 2023. Go to jessemogul.com. Look in the show notes. Go to my Instagram account. I always have the Jesse Mogul Instagram account. I promise you I will be teaching NLP for years to come. And as soon as the corona thing's done and we can start going back into schools, it will be amazing to actually go on college campuses and be able to introduce this to you in person and begin to get a huge group of people together. Whether I'm teaching it to you in person or via Zoom, this stuff is impactful. This stuff will change your life. I want you to have not only the best year now, but the best life ever. I want you to constantly be seeking ways to evolve yourself. Mindset plus understanding plus strategy equals success. Let's be on this journey together. I made a hell of a ton of errors in my 20s. I know for a fact there is no amount of pulpit preaching or podcasts I can produce that will get every single person to not go through many of the same mistakes I made. We have to do it on our own. We have to go through those trials and tribulations. It's a part of life. But there are certain aspects of it that you could at least do with a better mindset around why you're doing it. You might still make the errors, but at least you'll be able to bounce back faster than I did. The problem our society has with raising our children, emotional intelligence is, to me, by far and away, the number one issue. And it's because we have emotionally unintelligent parents and grandparents raising emotionally unintelligent children. And the cycle continues. You have the opportunity to break the cycle. Become the best version of yourself. Be more emotionally evolved. And that will pass down to not only your children in the future, if you choose to have them, but your friends and family who literally interact with you at any given day. You will become the conduit for change you want to see in the world. And it will drip slowly to every single person in your social circle. And it will blow your mind. Go check out the Jesse Mogul account. You can also check me out at From Sobriety to Recovery on Instagram. I'm always posting stuff on there. By all means, please subscribe, rate, or review this podcast on iTunes. I'm telling you the algorithm loves it when people do that. And as always, my book, College Success Habits, The Seven Powerful Principles to Help You Excel in College and Beyond is available on Amazon. If you want to get a hold of me, please, by all means, you can hit me up uh, in the show notes as my email address, and you can always go over to Instagram, Jesse Mogul, or from Sobriety to Recovery, and drop in a comment, DM me, say what's up. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'll be posting a picture of the podcast episode in my IG feed. Go over there, check it out, and let me know what you thought about this. What was your biggest takeaway? Okay, everybody, have a great day. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.